So speaking of updates, I'm sure you heard that Bucks County is going to be going to yellow on June 5th. Anybody excited about that? Yes, we're excited uh, here in the house. Uh, we are very excited to move forward. What I want to just clarify and, and remind you is that that does not mean that Grace Point will be opening up that weekend. But we do have a team who are, are working very diligently, and we are thinking through the timing of when we do gather back in the building and what it looks like for us to gather back safely. So we're going to do that as soon as we possibly can. We miss being together with you so very much. So we're, we're, we're going to do everything we can to make that sooner than later. But just want to clarify, we'll, we will continue to update you uh, via our email sources and, and all of that. So this morning, we're talking about how we get filled up. All of us have this, this cavernous space, this empty spot at the core of, of who we are that demands to be filled with something. Uh, we, we may be experiencing this more right now because some of the things that we typically use to try to fill that space have been taken away. And so we, we often experience this, this emptiness in the space as a, a hunger for meaning, a hunger for significance. And we, we work really hard to try to fill that space because it's nature abhors a vacuum and it just cries out to be filled. And so sometimes we, we try to fill it with stuff. And, and I wonder, I mean, nobody raised your hand. If you did raise your hand, I, I couldn't see you anyway. Or I guess you can raise your hand in your house. If anybody has just spent time over the last several weeks just aimlessly browsing around on Amazon, just like thinking about, oh, maybe I could buy that, maybe I could buy this. And, and maybe you, you order something and you have that little surge of satisfaction of like, oh, I'm going to get that new thing. That new thing's not going to come for two weeks when it used to come for two days, but it's going to, it's going to come. And so it gives us kind of a little surge of, of maybe a little bit of filling. Oftentimes we try to fill that space with another person. We, we look to someone for affection, for attention, and we, we kind of come to lean on them and, and we try to get them to fill that space. A lot of times, many of us try to fill that space with achievement. And we want to be the best we can be in, in our workplace or at a sport that we play, performance, whatever it happens to be. And the problem with all of those things, trying to fill that space with those things, is that when we put those things in that space, we feel just as empty as we did before. And you may be joining us for, for the first time. You may, not, you may be on search for faith. And maybe you have found yourself bouncing from one of those things to another and finding that none of those satisfy. Maybe you've been walking with Christ for a long time and you still keep running back to those things to try to get some sense of, of satisfaction. This morning, we're, we're going to look at two sources that we often go to to try to fill that space. And then we're going to look at the one solution that actually fills it. So if you would take a Bible and turn to Colossians chapter 2, that's where we're going to be this morning. Um, just a heads up, we're, we're, we're taking this slow walk through this letter to this church in Colossae. And we are entering into the most technical and dense part of the letter. This is the part of the letter that when it was read for the first time in homes in somebody's living room, they got to this part of the letter and, and they were like scratching their heads with like, 
Could you read that again? Because there's so much in there. So actually, um, if, if you're if you're looking at a Bible here, Colossians 2 verses 8 to 15 is all one paragraph. But we're going to break it up into three pieces. Because if we did the whole paragraph today, we would be here till tomorrow. And some of you would love that. But probably most of you wouldn't. And so we're going to just break it up and we're going to look at three verses today. And then we're going to look at the other two sections in, in the next two weeks. So this is really dense, but it's really, really rich. So let's read uh, these three verses we're going to look at, verses 8 to 10. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So this passage, this paragraph begins with a warning in verse eight. See to it that no one takes you captive. No one wants to be taken captive. I think a lot of people in our country right now feel like we've been taken captive because we're like being forced to stay at home. I mean, if we, if we think about being taken captive to kind of an ultimate degree, we might think of human trafficking and the, the snatching of someone from their life and being forced into sex slavery or some kind of, of slavery and labor. I mean, that's, that's kind of an ultimate captivity. Nobody, nobody wants to be held captive that way. And Paul says, be careful that you don't be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit. He says, those are things that can take us captive. We need to talk about those words for, for just a moment. Philosophy, when Paul uses this, is not the way we use the word philosophy. Okay, so don't read back into this 2,000-year-old word the way we use the word. We, we use philosophy to talk about this area of study that's about seeking after uh, truth, Seeking after meaning in, in life. And, and Paul does not discourage that search. He doesn't discourage us from thinking. Paul does not want us to turn our brains off, so don't make that mistake. But what he means by philosophy, when, when he uses that word here, is he, he's talking about human reason as distinguished from God's wisdom. So there's, there's all kinds of exhortations in scripture for us to seek God's wisdom, God's way of looking at the world, God's way of approaching life. And what Paul is saying here is um, philosophy, that human reasoning, apart from God's wisdom, can take us captive and it leads to empty deceit. So when we're searching for fullness, we find emptiness instead. And And the idea there is just... We're finding ideas that lack truth, that lack power. And Paul's message to us is that you can't fill empty with empty. If if you try to fill the empty spot in you with things that are empty, you're just going to be just as empty as before. And he warns us against two sources that we often try to use to fill ourselves up, but that actually take us captive. And they're introduced in in verse 8 by this phrase, according to. Okay, there's two times, actually three times that phrase is repeated. It says, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, 
and then not according to Christ. According to Christ is the solution, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to give it away. Okay, so two things, two sources that we go to that don't, that are not able to fill us. First of all, is human reason. He, he talks about that with the phrase human tradition. This is what is taught to us by our parents, by our professors, and by pundits. These are the things that, that we learn from the people around us in this world. They have the appearance of wisdom because oftentimes they've been handed down from generation to generation to generation. And, and this is often where we, we get the ideas that we talked about at the beginning that we think are possibly going to fill us because we've watched someone else try these things. We've watched someone else try to fill their empty space with stuff with material things. We've, we've watched someone else try to fill their empty space with achievement. We've watched someone else attach themselves to another person and try to fill that space. We've watched other people do that. That's human reasoning that those things should work, but, but they, they don't. And, and as we talk about the idea of filling this space, this emptiness, with human reasoning, we, we need to also think about education. I know that a lot of, a lot of you, uh, here at, at Grace Point have, have gone on to school, have gone on to college, have gone on even beyond that. And we have to be careful to test all of those thoughts against God's truth. It's not that all of that is wrong, but we have to test it against God's truth. Just like we have to test what we learn, the human reasoning we find on social media. I don't know if you are aware of this or not. You can't believe everything that you see on social media. You need to take that and put it up against God's truth. Because human reasoning, if we start to go down that path, can enslave us and can take us captive. And Paul says, be careful. We also need to be careful because human reasoning can come disguised as religion. And it can be couched in all kinds of God talk. But it can lead us into captivity as well. Jesus rebuked the religious leaders of his day. In Mark chapter 7, he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. It is so easy for us as we are in the pursuit of God to establish traditions that are really more about our human preferences than are really about what God has called us to do to, to honor him. And if the, the religious leaders of Jesus' day could be deceived, then we need to be cautious because we can be deceived as well. And Paul says in verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive. So he says, don't be taken captive by human tradition. And then he goes on and says that the second source that we often go to, or according to the elemental spirits of the world he's talking here about false spirituality so again the the the, the false spirits of our world there, there are there's two categories of the spiritual in our world one is the true spirituality that is is truth is truly pursuing the one true god there's a false spirituality that is led by spirits who have fallen away from God's truth and who are in rebellion against him. And so they want to drag us away from God and they want to enslave us through the spiritual. See, human reasoning is all about the intellectual 
and it's about the humanism and everything that's apart from God. The, the elemental spirits of this world want to draw us away from God by using spiritual language. And so what this makes me think of is, is sometimes when we will go up to Peddler's Village back in the day when you could go there and, and go shopping. But there's a, a shop there, uh, at least one, but one that I recall that we've gone into before that is all about spiritual stuff. And so there's crystals in there. There's books about mantras that, that we should speak to, to connect with the spirit world. There's postures that we should sit in. There are horoscopes that we should read to try to figure out how to lead our life, how to conduct our relationships. All, all of these spiritual lures appeal to us because we all have a spiritual peace to us. We were created in the image of God, and we have a spirit that is meant to connect with him. But the elemental spirits of our world lead us away from God and, and don't connect us to him. They, they do not help us fill that empty space. I want to take a minute, and I want to, I want to talk to you. Paul, Paul is warning us against empty deceit. The scary thing about deceit is that by definition, we don't know when we're being deceived. And so I want to take a moment and I want to expose a teaching that is actually becoming very common and prevalent even in churches that combines elements of both of these, these pieces here of human reason and false spirituality. It has been called moralistic, therapeutic deism. And that's, that's, a, that's a big word, that's a big term, but I, I want to read a description of it, and I want you to see if this compares, if this sounds familiar to anything that you have heard even in church. Moralistic therapeutic deism teaches that central to living a good and happy life is being a good moral person. That means being nice, kind, pleasant, respectful, responsible, at work on self-improvement, taking care of one's health, and doing one's best to be successful. So it's kind of, it's the idea that we hear often is we look at Jesus and we say, well, Jesus was perfect, so be like Jesus. Learn from Jesus how to live like Jesus. And there's, there's, a, there's a huge element of truth in that, but this idea of living a moral life and just doing good things is really empty in and of itself. The, the, the researchers who have identified this, this false teaching, they, they go on to say this. This is not a religion. Moralistic therapeutic deism is not a religion of repentance from sin, of living as a servant of sovereign divinity, of steadfastly saying one's prayers, of observing holy days, of building character through suffering, I mean, who wants to do that? Of basking in God's love and grace, of spending oneself in gratitude and love for the cause of social justice, etc. Instead, it has this view of God that, that sounds like this. This undemanding deity is more interested in solving our problems and in making people happy. In short, God is something like a combination divine butler and cosmic therapist. He is always on call, 
takes care of any problems that arise, professionally helps his people to feel better about themselves, and does not become too personally involved in the process. That's a little scary to me because it sounds a little close to home to a lot of things that that we couch oftentimes in terms of following Jesus. I mean, is Jesus here to serve us or are we here to serve him? We we have to be cautious because Paul, Paul says, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive. That that view that God is somehow here to serve us takes us captive. It puts us in the driver's seat and we do not belong in the driver's seat. There's a lot more we could say about moralistic therapeutic deism, but but the warning is to beware substituting a religion that focuses more on our needs than it does on the centrality of Christ and our need for forgiveness and salvation. That's that's where Paul goes next. He, he, he says, you can't fill empty with empty. Be careful not to be taken captive because you may miss, you will miss the real thing. And that's what he comes to at the end of verse 8. He talks about living according to Christ. He talks about not being taken captive by these other approaches to life, but living according to Christ. What, what fills our empty space is not beliefs about Christ. And it's not spiritual practices that try to get us closer to Christ. It is actually a person. It is the person of Christ. It's where we started this whole series and the whole overview of the book of Colossians is that our solid ground is not a principle or a practice. It's a person that we come to. Paul describes him in verses 9 and 10. He says, in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Blaise Pascal was a 17th century scientist, and he talked about this empty space and the only filling that would would fill us. He says, this space man tries in vain to fill with everything around him, though none can help since this infinite abyss. And that's what that empty space feels like sometimes, doesn't it? It feels like this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God himself. See, Paul tells us, God, God did it. He fills us. Verse 10, you have been filled in him. You have been filled in Christ. The, the word filled means to be made complete. To, to, you have the totality of everything you need. There's an abundance. There's even a super abundance. See, in, in Christ... In verse verse 10, in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. See, Christ, Jesus, Jesus is not God-like. He's not godly. He is God. And so all the fullness of deity dwells in him. And then he goes on to say, you have been filled. You have been given fullness. We, we are not 
full by ourselves like Jesus is. But out of Jesus' fullness, we are able to be filled up. And here's, an, here's encouraging news for, for you and me. As, as deep and cavernous as the space of emptiness feels in you, Jesus has more than enough to fill that space. I mean, what he has to offer is so much more than what you need. And so Paul says, you have been filled in him. And, and the, the verb tense of this verb is so beautiful because it's a past tense. It's a, it's a perfect tense verb, meaning it's completely done. It's completely finished. We just get to enjoy the effects. It's completely done. This is not a future hope that someday we will be filled. He says, we have been filled. I, I don't know about you. There are so many times where I feel empty, where I feel depleted, where I feel like I, I, I need something really, really desperately. Paul says, don't, don't run to the false sources that cannot fill that empty space. They, they deceive us into thinking that they will be satisfying, but they're not. The only source is, is Christ. Christ provides fullness for us relationally. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. He provides fullness for us in righteousness. He is... He has done everything. He he lived the perfect life that we could not live. And he credits his righteousness to us. He fills us with righteousness. He, He fills us with hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. He fills us with his love. He fills us in, in every way. So how, how do we tap into that fullness? Let, let me just talk just practically for, for a few minutes. How do we, when, when we are feeling that emptiness and we're feeling that inclination to run to one of those other sources to try to find fullness, what do we do? Well, we, we pause and we deliberately, intentionally, we, we run to Jesus. We, we run to Jesus, we pause, we, we, we may take a break out of our day. Maybe we're in the midst of our busy day and we just got overwhelmed with something. Maybe we need to pause and just be still. And we need to declare what Paul says is true. I have been filled. We need to remind ourselves of what God said is true about us. I have been filled. It's a done deal. He filled me up with as much as I can hold and, and more. And we, we need to deliberately, intentionally reject the false sources. So whatever you are typically drawn to, to try to fill that empty space, remind yourself that that's not going to fill me. That's not what I need right now. And, and I would encourage you to, to do this, to, to talk to yourself out loud sometimes. I mean, I, I've shared this quote before from C.J. Mahaney, but I, I think it's so true. He says, we, we do a lot more listening to ourselves than we do talking to ourselves. So sometimes we need to talk out loud and we need to speak these truths. I have been filled. And what I'm used to running to, that that's not going to fill me. So I set that aside. I'm not running there. I'm running 
to Jesus. And, and I would encourage you in the midst of that, that little conversation that you're having with yourself, turn it into a conversation with Christ. And just pray and just say, Jesus, show me, show me this fullness. You, you say that I have been filled. Would you show me that and help me experience that in this moment when I feel so, so empty? In, in those moments when we feel empty, there is an opportunity for us to enter into a deeper experience and connection with Christ than, than we've ever experienced before. Because we can come to him and say, Jesus, just, I, I need you. I, I know you've said I'm full. I don't feel full right now. Would, would you help me feel full if that's your will, but somehow help me to experience that fullness and help me trust in you right now? All of this really begins with the question, where do you normally run to try to fill your emptiness? Do you run to, to human reasoning? Do you run to what you've seen humans do around you to try to fill their space? Is it, is it with stuff? Is it with a person? Is it with an achievement? Is it something else that you've seen other people do or that you've been taught to do? Is that what you try to fill yourself with? Do you try to fill yourself with a false spirituality? Things that are peppered with talk about God and that appeal to the very real spirit that is in us but leave us feeling empty. Paul says, don't be taken captive. You can't fill empty with empty. So stop running after what cannot fill you. Re reject those things and embrace the Christ who can fill you. Maybe today is your day to embrace him for the first time. Maybe today is your day to refresh that connection with him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for providing fullness for us. You're the one who created us and you created us with a God-shaped vacuum that only you can fill. Lord, forgive us for running so many times to other things to try to stuff into that space and they just rattle around because they're, they're not enough to fill it. Only you can fill it. Lord, this morning I think of someone who is listening, who is who has never really considered the fact that Christ is the one who can fill that space. Lord, I pray for that individual that they would, that he or she would cry out to you. Even in this moment, Jesus, come and fill me. I don't understand how all of this works. I don't know everything there is to know about you, but Jesus, what I know is I need that empty space filled. And I pray that you would come and fill it even right now. And Lord, I pray for the person who's, who's listening, who, who has experienced that feeling, who has called on Jesus to come into their life and to be their, their leader and their savior, but maybe has, has strayed from that. And even in this time of, of quarantine and this time when the world is topsy-turvy, maybe they have gone back to trying to fill that space with something else that, that can never fill. Lord, I pray for that individual to come back to you, to, to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm rejecting those, those false sources, and I, I want you. I need you in my life right now. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are so, so pleased, so excited to come and run to us and to pour into us what we so desperately need.
Lord, we give you thanks for your grace, for your kindness toward us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed with me while, while we were doing that, then I would just encourage you to, to use that number that we put on the screen earlier, 267-291-0855. And, just, and you can use the word welcome, just, just text welcome to that number. But just let us know um, as you respond to, to the, uh, the person that gets in touch with you there that you, you want to know more about Christ. We would love to, to point you in that direction and help you get to know him better. Wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, have a great week following Jesus, and we will look forward to seeing you next Sunday.